Now what happened? Another incident. Musa alayhi salam had brought the book, the Torah. First he dealt with the issue of worshipping the calf. Now when this whole episode was over, he's supposed to give them the Torah. So he presented the Torah to them. And the Bani Israel, they said, you know what, we're not going to believe in you. We're not going to follow you. We're not going to listen to what you say. Unless and until we hear you speak to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what happened? Musa alayhi salam, he took 70 of the Bani Israel, 70 people with him to the mountain to prove to them that yes, the Torah was given to me here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called me here. He addressed me here. I spoke to him and this is where I was given the book. Now when they reached the mountain, those 70 people, they said, you know what? وَإِذْ قُلْتُمْ يَا مُوسَى لَن نُؤْمِنَ لَكَ حَتَّى نَرَ اللَّهَ جَهْرَ We want to see Allah. If we see Him, we'll believe in you. If we don't see Him, we're not going to believe. They said, لَن نُؤْمِنَ لَكَ We will never believe you. Hamza Mim Noon, Iman. حَتَّى until نَرَ اللَّهَ We see Allah جَهْرَةً نَرَى from the root letters رَا Hamza Ya to see jahratan openly jim hara jahr is when something is displayed or done or said publicly so that it can be seen it can be heard it can be witnessed so they said we're not going to believe you until we see allah and when they asked this were they asking him because they really wanted to see allah because they loved allah is that the reason why they asked him to see allah was that the reason no Musa salam had also asked Allah that Arini Andur ilayk. Oh Allah, show yourself to me, I want to see you. Why did Musa salam ask that? Because he loved Allah, he wanted to see Allah. But what happened? Bani Israel here, they're not asking this out of love. They asked this question or they made this demand out of what? Pride. We're not going to listen. We're not going to believe anything until... We can see Allah. I mean, who are you? What are you? Have you seen yourself? Are you even in that position to demand that you should see Allah? What kind of demands should we be making? Those that fit our level. Isn't it? Like for example, if you were to say things, challenging the prime minister, for instance, does that make any sense? Challenge all you want, but what are you? Are you someone in the government? Are you someone with some authority? Are you someone who has invested a lot of money in some company? No. You're just a typical one person, average citizen. Yes, you can ask when those sessions are held, but in general you can't be objecting. So what did the Bani Israel do? They said, jahra, Show us Allah. When we see Allah, we will believe. Now, the thing is that in this world, in this world, we can never see Allah. Just accept this. This is a fact. We can never see Allah in this world. Why? Because who are we? Who are we? Creation. And who is Allah? Creator. We can only perceive, see, hear, touch those things which are in the physical realm. Where is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Is He within the creation? No. He is above His throne, above the creation. So, 
in this world we can never see Allah. This is why right at the beginning, what did we learn? الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ Those who believe in the unseen. That even though we cannot see Allah, we believe in Him. And even if we try to see Allah, we cannot see Allah here in this world. This is a gift and honor that Allah will bestow on His special servants on the Day of Judgment. When He will allow them to see Him. We learn in a hadith that in paradise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask the people, what do you want? Ask. Ask me for something and I will give you. So the people of Jannah will say that, oh Allah, we have everything. You've given us more than we could ever ask for. You have given us this blessing, that blessing. They will list it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will insist. Ask me. Ask me. Ask me. And then basically they will run out of ideas. People of Jannah will run out of ideas. They will not know what to ask for. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will show Himself to them. The believers will see Allah. And this will be the greatest blessing, the greatest joy that they will experience in Jannah. So in this world, we cannot see Allah. The Bani Israel, they demanded, حَتَّى نَرَ اللَّهَ جَهْرَ We will only believe if we see Allah. And if we don't see, we're not going to believe. And there are people who say something very similar today also. I don't believe in God because I can't see God. Well, you can't see many things. You're not all perfect. You can't have all knowledge. You can't have everything. So, حَتَّى نَرَ اللَّهَ جَهْرَ What happened? فَأَخَذَتْكُمُ الصَّاعِقَةِ So the thunderbolt struck you. أَخَذَتْكُمْ Hamza خَاذَالْ أَخَذَ is to take or to seize. So صَاعِقَةِ Remember the word صَوَاعِقَ we learned earlier? in the context of the hypocrites. So the thunderbolt, the bolt of lightning, it came down upon you, seized you, وَأَنْتُمْ تَنظُرُونَ While you were looking on, you saw it falling. It fell on you, and you were finished. They died. Those 70 people at the mountain, they died. What happened then? We learned that Musa salam, he made dua to Allah. And ثُمَّ بَعَثْنَاكُمْ In response to the dua of Musa salam, we revived you. We brought you back to life. بَعَيْنْ ثَا To raise. مِنْ بَعْدِ مَوْتِكُمْ After your death. They had died because of the thunderbolt. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them another chance to live. Why? لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ So that you would be grateful. Now think about it. The Bani Israel... They couldn't see Allah, but could they experience His gifts? Did they witness His signs? If they saw the parting of the sea, they knew that this is something unusual. The sea doesn't part just like that. If they were rescued from the oppression of Fir'aun, they knew that this was because of a higher being. Right? Because it doesn't happen just like that. So even though they couldn't see Allah, they could experience His blessings and they could witness His signs. And the same goes for us. But what happened? When they made this demand, أَخَذَتْكُمُ الصَّاعِقَةِ The thunderbolt fell upon them, destroyed them, and then they were given yet another chance. Those 70 people were revived. ثُمَّ بَعَثْنَاكُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَوْتِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ So that you are grateful. Previously also it was said, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ Allah bestowed this blessing upon you, that blessing upon you. Why? So that you would be grateful. What is gratitude? Tashkurun is from shukr, sheen kafra. And shukr is at three levels. 
Shukr, first of all, it's at three places. One, in the heart. Secondly, on the tongue. And third, on the rest of the body. In the heart. What is shukr in the heart? What is shukr in the heart? What do you think? What is shukr? You're busy writing. Think. What is shukr in the heart? Go ahead. Very good. Knowing in your heart that what you have, what you're enjoying, what you just received is from who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So knowing that and also feeling that. Feeling happy about that. That Allah gave me this. And feeling gratitude that you are very grateful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you that. So firstly, in the heart. Secondly, the tongue. What does it mean by that? That a person expresses gratitude verbally also. You know, for example, if somebody were to give you a gift, and you just take it, and you don't even smile, how would the other person feel? Did they not like the gift? Was there something wrong with it? Put yourself in their position. If you gave a gift to someone, and the other does not even acknowledge it, Verbally, does not smile, does not look at you, does not say thank you, nothing like that. No words of appreciation. How do you feel? How do you feel? That this person doesn't appreciate it, isn't it? Allah knows what's in our heart, but we still have to express gratitude verbally. Shukr is also to express gratitude verbally. Thirdly, the place of shukr is also on the rest of the body. What does it mean by that? Shukr to Allah through your body is that you perform those actions with your body that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes. You do something with the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. For what? For Allah. Or you use them. You benefit yourself. You benefit the people around you. Like for example, if somebody gives you a pen, you're sitting in class, you don't have a pen. The person sitting next to you says, here, keep it, use it. And you say, thanks. And the pen is there. You're not using it. You don't use it. What is the other person going to say? I shouldn't have given it. They don't like it. Maybe they think I'm full of germs or something. They don't want to touch my pen. Huh? So they're going to feel bad. So shukr includes using the blessing that Allah has given us. Not just using it, but also increasing in our obedience to Allah. So, ثُمَّ بَعَثْنَاكُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَوْتِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ Now what happened? The Bani Israel, where are they? They're in the desert, in the plain of Sinai. What did they bring with them? Imagine they are fleeing Egypt in the middle of the night. What do you think they brought with them? What could they? Hardly anything, isn't it? Hardly anything. Imagine if you have to run away from somewhere to save your life, what would you take with yourself? Nothing. And if you do ever have to, may Allah protect you, but if you ever have to run to save your life, please don't stop and start collecting things. That's one of the first things I tell you. Don't start collecting things. Just get out. Get out as quickly as possible. So the Bani Israel, they basically had no food. Even if they brought a little bit, they would have run out of it. So what happened? In the desert... وَظَلَّلْنَا عَلَيْكُمُ الْغَمَامِ Meaning, and also remember these blessings. That when we ظَلَّلْنَا, we cause to shade. ظَلَّمْ لَمْ ظِلْ is shadow. ظَلَّلْنَا, we caused to shade. عَلَيْكُمْ over you. 
Al-Ghamam, the clouds. Ghamam is the plural of the word Ghamama. And Ghamama, Ghain Mim Mim, is used for white, thin clouds. Thin, as in they're not huge, dense, dark, because dark clouds, you know, when there's overcast, it just makes everything gloomy and sad. Isn't it? Or dark clouds, you know that there's a storm coming. That's not a good feeling either if you have no shelter. So, white, thin clouds that veiled them from the direct light and heat of the sun. Basically providing them cool shade in the middle of the desert. وَظَلَّلْنَا عَلَيْكُمُ الْغَمَامِ وَأَنزَلْنَا And we sent down عَلَيْكُمْ on you الْمَنْ وَالسَّلْوَى Man and salwa. Because they had no food. They had no shelter, no food. So shelter was taken care of how? Through clouds. Food was taken care of how? Through man and salwa that was sent down on them. The question is, what is man and salwa? I heard some people saying man. It's not man. Alright, men were not sent down. This is man. Man is from meme noon noon. And man in the Arabic language means favor. Huge favor. But here man is referring to some food that was sent on them. And it has been said that man was something sweet, a honey-like substance. But in a hadith we learn, the Prophet ﷺ said, that al-kam'atu min al-man. Kam'a is from man. Meaning it is part of the man that was sent on the Bani Israel. So it's possible that man was not just one thing, but many different things that were sent on Bani Israel as food. Now the question is, what is kam'a? Which the Prophet ﷺ mentioned. And this is a hadith in Muslim. Basically, kam'a is a kind of a desert mushroom. Kam'a, desert truffles. It grows in the desert. It doesn't grow in rainforests. Okay? And they were given this man. Cooked food, prepared food, was sent down on them regularly so that they never went hungry. Salwa. What is salwa? It's a kind of a bird. Quail. So they had bird meat and they had some vegetable. Or if man is understood as something sweet, they had their main course and their Dessert also. Man was salwa. And the Bani Israel were told, Kulu, all of you eat. Hamza kaflam, akala to eat. Kulu eat. Min tayyibati ma razaqnakum. Eat of the good things that we have provided you. Tayyibat is a plural of the word tayyibah. Tayyibah, tayyibah, good and clean thing. So eat of the good things that we have provided you. Rizq, ra, zay, qaf. But what happened? The Bani Israel, were they happy with this food? They got bored. They got bored. They're like, you know what? We're done with this man and salwa. We want something else. And later on we will learn that they said that we want cucumbers and we want onions and we want lentils. And they listed the whole grocery list. They wanted variety. But the thing is that they were in the desert, Sinai, temporarily. Isn't it? Because they were supposed to be on their way to somewhere else. So in their journey, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provided them this blessing. You don't have to worry about food, it's coming on you. How fortunate the Bani Israel were, really. How fortunate. But Allah says, وَمَا ظَلَمُونَ But they did not wrong us. Zulm again is mentioned. To place something where it does not belong. 
They did not wrong us. وَلَكِنْ أَنفُسَهُمْ يَظْلِمُونَ But they wronged themselves. How? That when they received all of these blessings of Allah, and still they disobeyed Allah, they mocked at the Messenger, Musa salam. They argued with him. They asked him question after question after question just to bother him and just to avert the commands. When they did this, did they harm Allah at all? No. Who did they harm? Themselves. There's a hadith in which we learn that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, O oh my servants, if the first among you and the last among you, all human beings and all the jinn, all human beings and all the jinn were to become like the most evil among you. Think of the most evil person or the most evil jinn. Who is the most evil jinn? Iblis. And the most evil person, what comes to your mind? Maybe somebody like Fir'aun and different versions of Fir'aun over the course of history. Now imagine if if all people became copies of Fir'aun and Iblis. Imagine, imagine the kind of chaos that would be in this world. Would they ever obey Allah? Would they ever worship Allah? No. Allah says that this would not cause any loss to me. It would not harm Allah at all. So when Allah bestowed so many blessings on Bani Israel, and how did they respond to those blessings? Disobedience, argumentation, mockery, demands. Who did they harm? Themselves. So what happened, as I mentioned to you, is that they got bored of the food and they demanded a variety. So they were told to go to some other city. Go to some city and just live there. You know, agriculture, uh, grow your own food and then eat that. Why are you asking Allah? Or why are you asking the Messenger of Allah? So what happened? وَإِذْ قُلْنَا Recall when we said, أُدْخُلُوا All of you enter from Dal Lam, Dakhala to enter. Enter هَذِهِ الْقَرْيَةِ This city. Which city is this? There's two opinions about this verse. The first opinion is that this incident happened in the life of Musa salam. When the Bani Israel demanded that they should have more variety of food, they were tired of living in the desert, uh, they just wanted to settle somewhere quickly. So what happened? Musa salam told them, okay, or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that go enter any city. And the first city that they came upon was Ariha. Alif ra ya ha alif. Ariha. So they were told to enter the city and just go live there. And we will learn about how they entered and what they did. The second opinion is that this is an incident that happened after the death of Musa salam. They remained in the desert for a very long time. Musa salam passed away. And then under the Prophet Yushar ibn Nun, they were to enter Baytul Maqdis, Jerusalem. They were supposed to enter that city as conquerors. So in either case, when they were to enter the city, they were told, فَكُلُوا مِنْهَا Then eat from it, حَيْثُ شِئْتُمْ Wherever you wish, رَغَدًا In abundance. We have done these words before. Basically they were told, live in the city, you have no restriction, you have total freedom, eat what you want. وَدُخُلُوا الْبَابَ But just one thing, as you're entering the city, then enter the door, how? سُجَّدًا While prostrating. 
وَدْخُلُوا Same root, دَالْ خَالَامْ Bab is door, gate in ancient times. In fact, even today, many cities, as you enter them, you go through a gate. Right? There's gates at the entrance of cities. So they were told to enter that gate. How? Sujadan. Sujadan is the plural of the word sajid. Sajid is who? One who is making sajda, prostration. So what does this mean? Enter with humility. Or as you enter, make sajda. The Prophet ﷺ, when he entered the city of Makkah, how did he enter? He was riding his animal, and his head was so low that his beard was touching the front of the saddle. This is how low he was. Why was he so low in his posture? Humility. Overcome with gratitude. That Allah is giving us this favor? Such a humble servant. And the Bani Israel, they're told before, when you enter, enter in this manner. وَقُولُوا And when you enter, you should say, حِطَّةٌ You should say, حِطَّة What does the word حِطَّة mean? حِطَّة is from the root letters, حَطَّة And حَطَّة is to fall from a height. And the word حِطَّة is an expression for seeking forgiveness. That, O oh Allah, remove the burden of sins from us. Remove the burden of sins from us. Unburden us. So as you enter, say words of istighfar. Seek forgiveness. And when you will do that, نَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ خَطَايَاكُمْ We will forgive you your sins. نَغْفِرْ غَيْنْ فَأَرَى مَغْفِرَة is forgiveness. And khataya is the plural of the word khatiya. And khatiya is a sin, mistake. But you see, some mistakes, they happen by accident. You really meant to do something else, and you ended up doing something completely different. But there is another sin which is deliberate. Meaning you plan it, you intend to do it. You do it very consciously. It was a decided thing. So this is khatiyah. نَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ خَطَايَاكُمْ Your errors, deliberate wrongdoing, we will forgive you for that. So enter the city and make a fresh start. What's happening here? They are being given another chance. What's happening here? They're being given another chance. Forget what happened, what you said, what you did. Let's leave that behind. Now you enter the city with humility, gratitude, seeking forgiveness. وَسَنَزِيدُ الْمُحْسِنِينَ And we will increase the doers of good. Muhsinin is a plural of muhsin. Muhsin is one who does good, excellent work. Ihsan is to beautify something or to do more than what is required. So if you add more, if you do more good, we will give you even more in return. وَسَنَزِيدُ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Now what happened? فَبَدَّلَ But he changed. بَدَّلَ بَادَ لَمْ Tabdil is to alter something, change something, so it's no longer what it was. Who changed? الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا Those who did ظلم. And these are the Bani Israel. They changed قَوْلًا A word غَيْرَ الَّذِي قِيلَ لَهُمْ Other than that which was said to them. What word were they told to say? What were they told to say as they entered the city? حِطَّةٌ But they changed it to Hinta. Now there's a very slight difference. And you're like, why would they do that? You see, when a person doesn't have respect for Allah, when a person doesn't have respect for Allah's Messenger, then they do such kind of things. 
Hitta means forgiveness. We beg your pardon. Oh Allah, unburden us. And hinta means wheat. What does it mean? Wheat. They said, hinta, hinta, wheat, wheat, wheat. As if they're having fun. Is this a time and place for having fun? There's a place for amusement and there's a place for seriousness. Isn't it? You can have fun when you're eating, when you're relaxing with your friends. But as you're praying salah over there, having fun, giggling, kicking each other, or sitting with the Qur'an in front, and then giggling, kicking each other, or poking each other with pencils and things like that, this is not a place and time for fun. The Bani Israel were told to say hitta, they changed it to hinta. So what happened? فَأَنزَلْنَا We sent down. عَلَى الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا On those people who did wrong, what was sent down on them? رِجْزًا A punishment. From where? مِنَ السَّمَاءِ From the sky. Why? بِمَا كَانُوا يَفْسُقُونَ Because they were defiantly disobedient. يَفْسُقُونَ is from فَاسِينْ قَافْ We did the word فَاسِقِينَ earlier. And what is fisk? To cross the limit. Did they cross the limit once? How many times? Many times. Right from the beginning, as they crossed the sea. We learned that when they crossed the sea, they saw some people worshipping idols. So right there, they asked Musa salam that you make an idol for us so that we can worship it. And Musa salam said, you're just ignorant people, you don't know what you're talking about. Musa salam goes to the mountain, they make an idol themselves. Right? So what was that? Fisk? Fisk upon fisk upon fisk. And you see, bima kanu yapsukun. Kanu means habitually, again and again, over and over. This is why a rijz was sent on them. Now the question is, what is rijz? Rijz, ra, jim, zai. Rajaza is literally to, to shake. When do you shake? Like you shake when you're cold and when you shake when you see something really disgusting. You shiver when you're sick, when you have a fever. So rijz, some kind of punishment that was so repulsive, that was so horrible, that it would make you shudder and shiver. Such a horrible punishment. Why? Because can we have sukun? They were defiantly disobedient to Allah again and again. So what do we learn from the things that are mentioned over here about the Bani Israel? These verses are not so that we start criticizing a group of people and we think that we are better than them. No, these verses are there in the Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has preserved them as a guidance for who? All people. There is lesson in this for us also. So what lesson do we learn from these verses for ourselves? What lesson do we learn from all of these verses for ourselves? Do not take the blessings of Allah for granted. Everything we have is Allah's blessing. And do not take them for granted. Okay, what else do we learn? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave so much to Bani Israel. Look at what they did. Now think about yourself. What has Allah given me? What am I doing? In one day, how many blessings of Allah do I enjoy? Yes. That just because you did something wrong and nothing happened, don't assume that everything's fine. Everything's not fine. Deeds have consequences. There are repercussions. Yes, somebody else? Go ahead. 
Also, like, uh, don't despair from the mercy of Allah. If Allah gave Bani Israel so many chances, then Allah can give us chances as well. Yes. Always repent and go back to yes. Allah. It just shows us how merciful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. No matter how much bad we do, Allah will always forgive us. Yes, as long as we repent and we learn from our mistakes and don't deliberately keep falling back. Yeah. Always be grateful to Allah's blessing and show it with your actions and uh, your heart. Yes. Jazakallah khairan. I think it's important to remember that we shouldn't have a blameworthy attitude because not every test is a punishment. It's probably something to make us stronger. Yes. When we disobey Allah, we are only harming ourselves and we shouldn't play ourselves. We should uh, obey Allah. Yes, very true. Our actions will affect us. Um, we should be happy of what Allah gave us instead of like, you know, keep asking more and more. Like, you know, we should be happy of what Allah gave us. Yes, instead of demanding what is inappropriate, let's look at what Allah has already given us. Inshallah, we'll conclude over here. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.